Triple F Podcast, where we're focused on fashion, fitness, and of course food. This podcast is all about bringing these three parts of your life together to help you get the most out of your passions. We're here to help you look your best, feel great, and also indulge in some maybe not so hidden temptations. <laughs> we are by no means experts in any of these fields, but we do hope to bring people to the show who know what they're talking about and can help you with some of these aspects of your life. You only live once, so why not live a life worth living? On the show today, we have Jason Chihuahua of Taste with Jace. Quote, Loving Chicago is like loving a woman with a broken nose. You may well find lovelier lovelies, but never a lovely so real. End quote. By Nelson Elgren. After nearly 22 years of traveling, he remembers stepping off the plane and walking down the steps onto the tarmac. It was about 5 a.m., and the sun was peeking out from behind the tall palm trees. It was hot, humid, and muggy. That's when it hit him, the smell. It was a fascinating combination of wood smoke, spices, and putrefying garbage. He had never experienced anything quite like it, like someone coming out of a coma. His senses awoke, and he got the chance to digest what was around him, India. You can't predict where life's going to take you, but with an open mind, you can embrace where you are going. Upon landing in Mumbai, he didn't know what was in store for him. It was his first time traveling abroad as an adult. He didn't speak the language, nor was he fully involved in the culture, but he had a voracious appetite for food and adventure. Smart man. His party and he left the airport, and they drove down a dirt road to what their driver boldly called, quote, the best non-vegetarian restaurant in India. He doesn't remember the name of the place. But he was hungry, tired, and delirious from hours on the road, but he does remember this. It was the best Indian food he had ever eaten. From the lamb curly to the naan, and everything in between, the meal made him question everything he thought he had known about food. From that point on, with an open mind, he embarked on new discoveries. From the sandscapes of Dubai to the rolling hills of Scotland, he has come to realize that food isn't just a form of sustenance or identity, it truly is a form of connection. Discovering foods abroad has become an important way for him to interact with the world around him. He wants the world to interact with Chicago the same way he has interacted with the world. Chicago is a city with big shoulders and the hub of the United States when it comes to the world of class dining. Food is a universal language that we all understand, and food in any language is a great conversation. Chicago is his home, born and raised, and he wants to welcome you to his home. Let's discover food together. So today we're sitting down with Jace of Taste with Jace at uh, my favorite restaurant of all time, Bites Asian Tapas. So that's the music going on in the background, but uh, Jace, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How about you? Oh, man, fantastic. Getting some good food and good conversation, so... Run us through Taste with Jace, Brandon. What's that all about? Well, Taste with Jace is a uh, website that kind of came organically. Um, I had done some work for Eater for a little over a year and started gaining like a following on my own. Mm-hmm. And then um, just like uh, just like a pet, little pet project I had for a while, you mm-hmm. know. I was always taking pictures of food. I was always traveling. I was always interested in food. And I wanted to document it, but the you know the being with Eater Chicago at the time, mm. that that's not a venue to to showcase your personal right. your personal stuff. So mm. I started TasteWithJace.com, okay. and that's just a way for people to like follow what I do. Mm. Cool. And so, what was your kind of your role with Eater back then? Were you 
a rep? Like, how does that work out? Just a contributor, regular okay. contributor. Most most people there are just regular contributors, except for like except for the two main editors. Mm. You're either an intern or just a contributor. Okay. Awesome. So, walk us through your definition of a foodie. <laughs> For me, there is no definition. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's one of those catch 22s because it's like if you identify yourself as a foodie, then you you're not a foodie. Right. You know? <laughs> um, I want to say maybe 10 years ago, when I was like fresh out of college or still in college, and I just and I started really developing my love for food. That's when I referred to myself as a foodie. Right. And then when I, like, really dug my roots deep into the industry mm-hmm. and, like, met a lot of, like, chefs and ate at a lot of restaurants and just, like, intertwined with some of the people, mm-hmm. I, re- I started to learn that, like, the word foodie was, like, really frowned upon. Mm-hmm. And it's mainly because everybody adopted that as a title. Right. And it just wasn't special anymore to, to either to, to refer people as that or to refer yourself as that, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, when people ask, like, well, you know, what do you refer to yourself as? It's, it's simply I'm just somebody who's enthusiastic about food, you know? Right. You know, I, I do the research. Um, I don't just eat. I'm in the kitchen. You know, I cook, I eat, I travel, and that's just my passion for food, you know? I'm just someone who's passionate about food. There's no no title. It's just I'm just a guy who likes food, <laughs> you know? It's really interesting to me, like, uh, on, like, Instagram where you have, like, foodies and they have, oh, I created, like, XYZ, like, uh, hashtag for foodies in Chicago or whatever. It's like, what differentiates someone who has, like, 200 likes or, like, let's not, like, 50 likes on a picture of food versus someone that has, like, a 1,000? Is it just their personal marketing brand on that or like it's a it's a multitude of things um timing Mm -hmm. you know timing if let's say you post a picture let's say you post a photo three o'clock in the morning on a sunday yeah you're not gonna get uh, you're not gonna get that many likes you know Mm -hmm. but if you post it at a peak hour which can be i don't know maybe a lunch hour where people are on break goofing around on their phones or maybe on a on an evening on like a tuesday or maybe even like a friday Mm -hmm. and you happen to tag your photo or to hashtag it with something that's like really popular at the moment then it gains momentum and it shows up on people's uh, home pages as uh, things you're interested in people click people like and the more clicks and likes the more home pages it shows up on Mm -hmm. and then it's just a snowball effect you know you know you can you can have somebody who's well written beautiful photo knows what they're doing Mm -hmm. and it only gets 10 likes but then you get you know a 13-year-old kid who takes a picture of a hot dog on a Tuesday night <laughs> and just nails the right hashtags, and then next next morning he's got 20,000 likes and a thousand new followers. You know, it's all about timing and you know being being the right place at the right time when sometimes posting photos. Yeah, it makes all sense to me. I mean, I actually have a couple of friends that are pretty big Instagram foodie people, and they just post stuff that they enjoy. But there's also people out there that are very driven by, I need X amount of likes, and they have all these giveaways, etc. I partnered with whatever, comment links below. It just seems like a, a draw to just get more likes for them. Yeah, that's your that's your commodity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, you need to prove your value somehow, mm-hmm. and what better way than to show 
your value by the amount of followers you have, the amount of likes you get. Right. You know, um, another word that's being thrown around a lot is is influencer. Right. You know, as the word foodie's now dying, you're seeing this huge growth in influencers. Mm-hmm. It's people who just are really great at taking photos of food, right. and they just have tons, tens of thousands of followers. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know the industry likes and dislikes you know influencers because a lot of these a lot of these people don't know anything about food right They're, they just know how to take really great pictures they know how to filter them perfectly they just know how to like they know how to market their picture they're great marketers mm-hmm. and restaurants will you know restaurants will invite them out you know with a for a comp to dinner hope that they take pictures and post it on their instagram yeah and then the subsequent weekend they see a uh, spike in reservations on open table or, or whatever right you know and and that's good for re- the restaurant and the influencer but you know speaking to people myself mm-hmm. i i know that's that's a route they just like kind of cringe at you know going towards these people who uh are just great at they're just great marketers and they truly don't know about food so in, in that regard here's something i wondered because but don't get me wrong, there, there, there are influencers out there who know a, a ton about food, right. and they, they've earned their right, mm. you know, they've earned their right. Right, and there's like a lot of like, um, ones that ride the coattails that are kind of fake, if you will, right? So for me, if I'm following someone's Instagram, right, and they're like, oh, go here to this restaurant, this restaurant, this restaurant, from a restaurant's perspective, if I'm the person that's following theirs, I'm never coming back to your restaurant. I went there once, I don't restaurants want kind of more repeat business, like more regulars, etc. How is that productive for the restaurant to bring in a foodie in that regard? Just a huge influx one weekend and then... No, not necessarily. It's, um, you know, like, take for example, like, do you specifically shop at a store for your clothes? Not really, no. No? Do you, yeah. do you, do you, so you just shop, like, anywhere, anywhere? Well, uh, there's a few that I look at, but yeah, that fit me. <laughs> no, but it's, it's like, you, you you go to a place, again, this this can be with anything, you know, mm-hmm. you, you find yourself married to a laundromat, a, sense, a, yeah. a, a store, mm-hmm. a restaurant, a gas station, yeah. you know? You, people are willing to pay three cents more a gallon just to go to the gas station they always go to, yeah. because the gas station they always go to. And that's what, that's what restaurants are hoping for, mm-hmm. you know? It's, you know, you... You give somebody, you're given a chance to give somebody a great experience, and hopefully they come back with friends and family. Right. And hopefully those friends and family come back with friends and family. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that one free meal turned into a thousand paid meals. Right. You know? I mean, like, take for example, probably the restaurant I've been to the most mm-hmm. in Chicago is Cafe Iberico. Oh, nice. And, you know, it's always a good experience. You know, it was, it was, they, they hit a home run on the first day I went there, and they've hit a home run every time I've gone. And Huge. it's a place I've been going to for well over 10 years. Yeah. I've probably been there between five to 10 times a year. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, in recent years, I've kind of slowed down because I just either ha- haven't had time or I'm, you know, I'm on assignment to, like, go to, like, various other places. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's it's a place that you just don't, for me, I never got sick and tired, tired of it. It's one of my favorite places, you know, it's, I go there, I don't look at the menu, I just order, 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 and then I'm just ready to eat. <laughs> that and uh, 
triple crown in Chinatown, the one on Wentworth, the original, yeah, the original triple that. crown. <laughs> so, many, so many late nights have ended there because they do like half off after 11 p.m. Yeah. But um, the food is like, it's consistent. It's always good. It's always good. It's always delicious. It's always cheap. And it, that's another place that's come to a point where a menu's not needed. Mm-hmm. And even the servers there, they come, they write, and they start dictating what we're ordering before we order. And we just <laughs> nod, yes, 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 all right. <laughs> and then the food comes out. See, see, that's the good thing, right? Like, I think uh, in being a part of, you know, the restaurant industry, it's it's good to go to places that you know the people and they appreciate you. It adds to the... You will like the ambiance that the experience you had because they get to know you and you feel so much comfortable going there. Yeah, and restaurants want to build that build that rapport with every single diner, mm-hmm. you know. And some and some restaurants do, you know. Yeah. Have you so obviously you're living here in Chicago. Have you had any fun food experiences outside of Chicago? Outside of Chicago domestically, outside of Chicago internationally. Both. Yeah, both. <laughs> both. I mean. It depends what depends what, which which one you wanted to talk about first or which direction you wanted to go in, you know? Sure, let's uh let's hear about the, your your story about your first time in India. <laughs> my first time in India. So technically my first time in India was when I was a toddler. Right. But you know, you don't count that because you don't remember anything. <laughs> but uh, another time I had gone to India, my my first time as an adult. Mm. I think it was 2009. I want to say it was 2009 or 2006. Um, I have it on my website written down, yeah. but I don't, I don't remember the exact date. Was that my neither? But um, oh, that was such a culture shock for me. I, I go to India thinking like I'm gonna be thrown into like either the jungle, the wilderness, or just like um, you know, just huts and raw food everywhere. Yeah. And I was I was treated to like. Some of the most amazing cuisines I had ever eaten in my life. Mm. Um, just flavors, flavors I had never tasted before. Di- you know, it's a different kind of spicy food, a different kind of gingery, garlicky food. You know, mm. the onions there taste different, the limes there taste different. It's, it's, you know, it's the way they make their food isn't any different than how they make it anywhere else on the earth. Mm. But because their ingredients are so different, because the vegetables and the animals are fed on Indian soil. It's 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 different. You know, I don't know how to explain it. You know, all same ingredients, but all different flavors. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like interesting to me. Like when people say like, "Oh, this food is like Americanized," it's because well, they have to use American ingredients, or they've made it for the likeness of the people who are eating it. They wouldn't appreciate where it officially came from. Yeah, of course. So, tell us about some fun spots here in domestically that you've explored lately, like New York for a fun time. New York, New York, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was recently, um, I think it was like April or May of 2016, no, 17, mm-hmm. 2017, oh, my buddies and I wanted to, it was for my buddy's bachelor party, right. actually, and, uh, we just had this idea to like bang out as many like New York restaurants as we can mm. in like I want to say it was like like 48 hours or something like that, right. like 48 to 72 hours. Um, it was me, it was me, and my buddy who's getting married, uh, his brother, 
Oh, uh, Jeffy, Jeffy Martin yeah. from Eater was also with us. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. So we all like, so we like put these like reservations together. We're, the plan was to like fly in early on Friday morning, lunch at Le Bernardin, which uh, that's helmed by my, my uh, favorite chef of all time, Eric Repair. Yes. I love his show, uh, uh, Avec Eric. Yeah. It's on Channel 11. And then um, that evening we were going to go to... 11 Madison Park, Saturday, uh, Blue at Stone Barns, and then I think Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon was um, Ivan Ramen, yeah. that place I was featured on um, the Netflix show, I forgot right. the name of it. Yeah. Chef's Table, I think. Uh, yeah, season two, I think. What's that? Was it season two? Maybe. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. So we hit all those restaurants, and it was like, I'll just, let me just like, uh, let me just go through it. So like, we arrived New York Friday, just like tired, super tired. We had early flights. We get to um, we get to Lab Bernardin, and I, this is the meal I'm most excited for. It's a seafood-based menu. It's my favorite chef. We're in New York. This is like my place. I'm like I'm in my happy place right now. And um, I brought my uh, book with me uh, that Eric Repair recently wrote. Um, Something yokes. I already forgot the name. <laughs> but uh, I brought it with me, hoping to get it signed. Mm-hmm. So like we go through lunch and stuff, and as laid back and awesome like Eric Repair is, the atmosphere there was like the complete opposite. Really? Yeah. And it had nothing to do with it had nothing to do with the servers or, or the service. Everybody was great. Everybody was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was the clientele that was that we were surrounded by. You know, it was like the New York elite. Everybody is in suits. Everybody is just like so hoity-toity. Yeah. Uh, there was a table next to us where there was like a teenage girl like yelling at the servers about about like food they had ordered. Right. And there were regulars. She was talking about how they're there all the time and how could they mess up the food and this and that. And the servers were being very accommodating, but. But that's not my scene. I don't like being in a place where it's so uptight. <laughs> yeah. You know, especially with the crowd I was with. We're not we're not uptight people. You know, we're very we're very laid back. Like, oh, we got some sam. We got some uh, sushi arriving at the table here. So, um, by far one of you know to this day one of the best meals I've ever had. But um, had a. Uh, much, a, a much uh, different experience at uh, 11 Madison Park. So this is Friday, this lunch is Friday, hour, yeah. hoity-toity, like, yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. I mean, not acceptable, like, the way people were treating the servers, but yeah, it sets the scene pretty well, yeah. I mean, okay, you think about it, it's like, it's, like, it's downtown NYC, mm-hmm. Lunchtime hour, people are there trying to have a quick lunch. Um, people are there trying to like impress their clients. So it was a different kind of vibe. I think if had we gone in the evening, probably would have had a different experience. I think the plan for us is to go back and do it in the evening eventually. Yeah. It just reminds me of like the more or less opening scene of like Wolf on Wall Street when yeah. he meets his big boss. Oh yeah, he, he's <laughs> pounding away on his chest and he's humming. Yeah. That's imagine So that's um, that's actually how it was. It wasn't it wasn't us doing doing the amping up and the chest pounding, but like oh, thank you. But around us, but around us, you can see the like people in the suits with the slick back hair and. 
the dust of cocaine on their on their cuffs. Yeah. And they're just um, talking about money, just money, 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 money. You know. So um, no, we I enjoyed my meal, thoroughly enjoyed it. Wasn't my scene though. Mm-hmm. On the way out, I asked the. Uh, the maitre d' if he can get my book signed. I asked if the chef was in the house, and he was like, no, he had just, he's like, no, he had just left. But let me double check real quick. He like ran in the back, came yeah. back out, and he was like, uh, no, he just left, but give me your book, and I'll have it signed and come back Monday to get it. Okay. And I was like, oh, this sounds great. Problem is, we're leaving Monday morning. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just not going to happen, you know? And the guy was like, okay, well, you know, well, next time you come back, you know, <laughs> you get it. So we'll get it signed for yeah. you or whatever. I was like, well, I was like, it's not even that big of a deal. Like, right. I, I, I really just wanted to meet Chef Eric Robert and just kind of thank him for being such an inspiration for what I do in the kitchen right. and for my love of food, you know. So, so then after after lunch, we kind of chilled out. We then prepared for um, Eleven Madison Park. Which in itself was uh, probably the most, probably the greatest <laughs> meal I've ever had, and it, and it all had everything to do with the experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Levin Madison Park was like a whole nother level. Um, I believe it won like the award for like best restaurant in America, maybe 2016 and 17 or just 17. Which is a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> we had an 8 p.m. reservation. And uh, we were like seated right in the center of the dining room, and we uh, we did like the full pairing, uh, full wine pairing, full menu, everything. Mm-hmm. And like I don't know if it was because it was a Friday night or or because it's just kind of like away from like the hustle and bustle of like the heart of New York. Right. I mean, it's still it's still very busy. It's still in a very busy area, but nowhere near as busy as the area of uh, Lebanon. Right. But, um, so we got there and, um, just immediately, just like, you can tell, like, it's laid back. And it's, it's not what you'd expect for, like, a restaurant that's so highly regarded. Mm-hmm. It's, um, I was really pleased to, like, to, to see that, you know? Yeah. Um, I was, like, really worried, because, like, like, uh, a good example is, like, okay, so I've never been to Alinea. But, like, I've been to, like, I've been to, like, Oreo. Ooh. Oreo's really good. But, like, um, I've had a few friends go to Alinea, and they've told me kind of the same thing, like, about, Le- like, how I felt about Labyrinth and Dan. Mm. Uh, they just felt it was too tight, too, too like, a little overly pretentious, yeah. and, like, you, it, you're too focused on everything else but the food. And that's, you know, that, and that's a little bit of, you know, it's kind of unfortunate. Um, to try to overdo it, over present, over. Yeah, not even not even over present. It's just um, everything around the food takes away from the food sometimes, oh, you know. Yeah. And it's like, um, you know, those that incident like a handful of years ago, where like a couple had um, tried, or a couple had dined at Adelinia, mm-hmm. and they brought their baby with them because their babysitter had canceled like at the last minute and they yeah. couldn't find a replacement. So they like, brought their baby with them and the baby was like crying and stuff. And like, I guess people threw a fit. And then um, Grant Atkins, the chef, had tweeted out a complaint like, oh, you know, this is, should be treated as like, I don't know. I don't know exactly what he said. Right. Some of the long lines of like, don't bring your baby. <laughs> don't bring your baby to dinner. <laughs> Adelinia. <laughs> and it's, um, 
that's just kind of what you expect, mm -hmm. you know? That's what, and that's what I was expecting with the Levin Madison Park. I thought yeah. I'd have to, I thought we have to walk in on our best behavior. And granted, we'd enjoy dinner. Maybe we weren't going to enjoy it as much as we'd like to. Right. Because of you know, because of uh, environmental factors that often dictate how you enjoy your meal. So um, we got there, and it was like right from the get-go, everybody was just smiling, laughing, talking. They were like joking around with us, and. Um, you know, we were, as the, as the wine kept flowing, we were getting louder and more belligerent. Yeah. <laughs> and it came to a point where, like, some of the diners around us were, like, starting to whisper, like, you know, can maybe those guys can keep it down or whatever. And the service told them no. Like, the service, they're, they're having a good time. We're having a good time. Like, you know, yeah. like, you know, it is what it is. You know, your food's going to taste the same. <laughs> So, um, like, several courses in, it, it came to a point where, like, we are just, like, really loud and just, like, having very inappropriate conversations, and our conversations are carrying over to, like, other tables and such, and servers were coming in to join in on our conversations, <laughs> and uh, at one point during dinner, like, somebody had received a uh, snap, a snap photo of, like, a, of, of something inappropriate. Yeah. And shared it with the table, <laughs> and the server came by and looked at it, and then sexist. Yeah, and then somebody else came by and like looked at it too, and then everybody was just kind of handing the phone around and like high fiving each other, and then um, it was like randomly like randomly I don't know how it came about, but like people like my table started talking about like inappropriate things like uh, how like a woman smells on a first date or yeah. things like that and we were the servers joined in on, the, <laughs> on that conversation too and then at one point um, I think we were like three quarters through dinner and we were um, you know we were, we were being checked on how's, how's dinner and such and jokingly we were talking about how like we really liked McDonald's McChickens. Right. We like McDonald's McChickens and we love Popeyes. And we were like, oh, you know, Eleven Madison Park is good, but it's no Popeyes or McDonald's <laughs> McChickens, you know? We were just like, we were just joking with them. And um, the server kind of smiled and said, you know, I'll be back. <laughs> so, like, I don't know, if, like, maybe like a half hour, 45 minutes had passed, and we had enjoyed a couple more, um, a couple more plates. And, um, our server comes out with a tray, and on this tray were, right there in the kitchen, made McChickens. <laughs> they, they they thought what we said was like so funny that they went into the kitchen. They went to the kitchen, and the, and the uh, chefs in there decided to just whip up some McChickens for us. Little juicy uh, fried chicken breast breaded yeah. on a nice little bun with some lettuce, onion, tomato. And it was so good. It was like it was like everything we'd expected, you know. Like you take this 99 cent chicken from McDonald's, and then you let you know, like, like I said, like I said earlier, it's like you know, same ingredients, same same process to make it. Yeah. But it's it's where your ingredients are sourced from really matters, you know. And they were using the best chicken. They were using the best lettuce, the best you know flour for the bun, right. the best everything, and they presented us with, you know, 
a McChicken that probably could have costed a hundred dollars anywhere else, <laughs> you know. And it was so good. And then um, the night ended with them, uh, with the team taking us into um, the kitchen. And then we met some of the crew. Um, Chef uh, Daniel wasn't there, uh. unfortunately, but we met everybody else and we just kind of enjoyed ourselves and it just really changed the way I viewed fine dining. You know, it's, um, the, it's, there is no fine dining. Mm. Fine dining is what you make it, you know? Oh yeah, it's, it's so You know, you can go to White Castle on Valentine's Day and call that fine dining, yeah. you know? <laughs> and the, you know, it's, it, and it's, it's a real thing, they do it. You know, or you can, or you can go to like a, a, a restaurant that's regarded as fine dining and have a very unfine time. So it really changed my view on how I view uh, fine dining and just dining in general. Um, here you have the best restaurant in the world, letting five guys be who they are, yeah. enjoy themselves, and not only did they allow it to happen, they they instigated, they fed into it, and they even enjoyed themselves and perhaps we change the way they view diners hopefully i don't know yeah but yeah, it makes sense like it's about choosing who you want your target customer to be and i think getting that reputation of number one you know in the u.s or whatever the world like it multiple years in a row they really took that to the extreme of find out what people really like what, why if people go there why they'll enjoy it right it's not well I heard we should do this or we should do that it's like really taking into account what people are appreciating about why they're there yeah another thing is um like I, I'm hearing like rumblings at like a lot of these big restaurants now they train they train some of their staffers to like listen in on whispers interesting like um I, I don't remember who was telling me, but they call them like, uh, whis like whisperers or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, they just go around and they just kind of eavesdrop on people's conversations and see in which way can the restaurant better the experience of the people dining, mm -hmm. like based on their like conversation. Yeah. Let's say a couple is in the corner and the girl is like saying, oh, you know, vanilla ice cream this, vanilla ice cream that, I don't see vanilla ice cream on the menu. They let them order, and then bam, suddenly vanilla ice cream comes out, yeah. you know? It's like, <laughs> a lot of restaurants are, are taking that approach now. And that was definitely like the, um, I mean, granted, we were really open about it. Right. We didn't ask for chicken sandwiches. We were just jokingly said, hey, this yeah. is what we love, you know? And they went in the back and they made it, you know? Yeah. They, they, they baked the bread while we were there. They cut the chicken, fried the chicken. I mean, it was from scratch, beginning to end. Mm -hmm. And it was incredible. On top of the 22 other dishes that we had. <laughs> <laughs> so, with all these food experiences, how do you kind of choose your cuisine for the night, the week, etc. How do you choose the right kind of restaurant that you want to eat at? Oh, thank you. Are you done with this one? Yeah. Nice so, um, I would say I, I cook probably three to four days out of the week. Cool. Three to four days out of the week. And then, honestly, a lot of... It, it's come to a point where a lot of my meals just come out of um, convenience. Mm -hmm. you, what's, conven what's, what's convenient and, and good? Yeah. It's, um... 
I'm not too crazy about going way out of my way for a meal now. Right. It's um, it, it, I mean, and if I, if I do, I need a bunch a bunch of things together. Mm-hmm. You know, like I need to start on a Saturday morning, hit a hit a brunch brunch place, hit a place for a snack, hit a place for dinner, hit a place for drinks, and then call it a night. Yeah. I very rarely do I like going out of my way for just a place if I'm in the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, <clears throat> people always ask me to because here at Bites, like, not even close to where I am. Like, why have you explored more around you? I'm like, convenience factor is really what drives me for my lunch hour. It's like, what's walkable from my office? Like, I'm not gonna take L ride 20 minutes to go eat some good food at lunch. Like, yeah. it's what makes the most sense. But what is your cuisine? Uh, of choice when cooking at home? Uh, mostly, mostly just like standard American. Like, you know, I do, um, I'll do like a crispy, crispy skin salmon, salt, pepper, uh, in butter, brown butter salmon. And then side of like vegetables, usually some greens. It could either be sauteed spinach, asparagus, broccoli, or like a combination of the two or two of the three. Right. Something like that. Um, I think salmon's my go-to at home. Nice. It, it tastes great. Needs minimal amount of like seasoning, just a little salt, pepper, butter, and it tastes great. If, if it's cooked, if it's cooked right, it tastes right. great. You know. Do you use any of the uh, like Blue Apron or Home Chef or any of those things that already use everything kind of from scratch? Just no, go yeah. to the grocery and take care of it. Yeah. Got a lot of grocery stores by my house, so I just head over to a grocery store on like any random weekday. Mm-hmm. And my dinners are based on, like, what's on sale, you know? <laughs> if salmon's on sale that week, then sure. If, like, chicken's on sale, then all right. You know, same with the vegetables. Yeah. Whatever vegetables are on sale that week, sure, let's go for it. You know, let me make it happen. I used to be a really picky eater. I only ate, like, certain things all the time. But that's, like, my thing now. I'll go to the grocery store whenever I go. I'm like, what kind of looks good? What do I want to experiment with? I'm like, well, my experimentations I usually do by myself because I've had enough bad experiences experimenting on like dates like yeah you're a really bad chef like well I just try to make this dish for the first time ever try to impress you and go well when you want to impress people you don't do something for the first time you know like you, you don't you don't take a girl to the batting cages if you've never swung a bat you know like she's gonna see you strike not only are you gonna strike out in the cage you're gonna strike out at the end of the night you know like well don't, don't put yourself through that you do what you're good at so with uh, Taste with Jace what can people expect when they start following you online uh, follow my Instagram you get to explore with me all of the wonderful places that I dine at hmm domestically, internationally, whatever. I've got thousands and thousands of photos that need to be uploaded. Yeah. And every day I'm uploading something new. Um, St. Patrick's Day, I uploaded a few food pictures from my time in Ireland. Nice. Um, and just things like that, you know? Um, I was in Vegas two weeks ago, ate at Delmonico, one of the best steakhouses in America. Posted some pictures on that. You know, it's it's just to just, I, I just want you to enjoy what I'm enjoying, mm-hmm. you know? It, it could, I, you know, and if you, hopefully it sparks a question, you know, message me and I'll answer. Hopefully it um, engages you to travel and eat as I do. 
What's the uh, best way for people to get a hold of you if they have some questions? Just follow you on Insta and send you a message, follow your blog post, follow your Facebook. Yeah, my Instagram's got my phone number right there. You can call me if you want. I mean, I don't care. You, you can email me, you can call me. You know, tastewithjace at gmail.com and then tastewithjace on Facebook and Instagram. Anything else you want to leave our listeners with before we sign off? Oh, man. Just, uh... Eat well, drink better, and take naps. <laughs> Leave it at that. This was a really fun interview for me. This guy is a little bit edgy, for sure. Has a lot of fun, exciting stories. I'm glad you guys got a chance to experience him raw and uncut. Some of his Instagram, Facebook, etc. doesn't show how much he kind of goes out and really hits the ground hard running with all his food adventures. But you can just tell this guy is a hustler and wanting to bring things from around the world to Chicago so people can really connect over food. Hope you enjoyed this conversation with Jason Chawa of Taste with Jace. This episode is sponsored by Athenosphere. That's athenosphere.com. It's a marketplace for artists' services here in Chicago. It's where you can find photographers, models, makeup artists, entertainers, and book their services directly online. Visit the community and talk with them directly. No need to hassle with finding out payments later on or interviewing them or searching the internet for different places to find different opportunities to source these types of people for your event, for your work, or for anything else you might need them for. Athenosphere is all about art's passion. Live it, breathe it, book it, all in one simple click. Athenosphere.com. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Pod Directory, or SoundCloud. That way, you'll get our latest episodes sent right to your device when they come out every week. For reference, those are all linked up right in the show notes. While you're in there, feel free to leave us a review. If you do, all I can say is two words endless gratitude. Writing reviews helps us understand how we can improve the podcast as we all continue along this fun adventure in fashion, fitness, and food.